Welcome into another edition of We're Talking Today. Craig Malonso and BJ Thompson. BJ, how are you today? How are you, Craig? I'm doing great, man. I'm in, kind of enjoying life and kind of being stuck at home <laughs> with this COVID thing. So, yeah, but, uh, that's one thing that hasn't changed, right? There's yeah. a lot of a lot of businesses via Zoom and virtual meetings. Is the same thing. About fifty percent of my my business is the same thing. Well, before we get started, uh, I know you, you used to be the uh, host of Cajun Red Zone, uh, and you kind of moved on from that because your, your son got sick. Um, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on there? And, uh, and maybe at the end of that, an organization that we can uh, – I know the football coaches wore something on their shirts uh, last week. Can you mention, talk about that a little bit? And then maybe a, a good organization if somebody wants to give to help out what would be a, a reputable organization to give to? So, sure. So my son was, uh, he's now 14. So six years ago, um, he was diagnosed with a, a, a specific gene uh, variant or mutation of Duchenne muscular dystrophy. His specific mutation is exon Skippy 2. Without getting too specific uh, into the science of it, uh, one in, well, I'd say one in 3,000 boys in the United States or, or diagnosed with that yearly. It's a rare, rare disorder, but there's about 60, 65 different mutations of muscular dystrophy, not all terminal. His specific is long-term perspective terminal. Uh, I've spent two, two years in a clinical on one study with him at a children's uh, hospital in Duke. Um, great facility, wonderful people. Jim Valvano's cancer um, wing is there as well. People um, might remember that. Um, and then another two years in a clinical up at Ch Cook's Children's Hospital in Fort Worth, Texas, in a different clinical. So four years of clinical. So I know a little bit about how it operates. The first one was on the Pfizer, and that's what the, and the other was on the Sarepta. Um, so um, I got an idea what clinicals are and what you have to go through them. Um, what the coaches are wearing in, in every, every September is Cure Duchesne Awareness Month. So the fight for cure to bring awareness. Um, coaches all over the country host events, host kids, um, help ways awareness of this, of this, this disease. And uh, usually most of the time it's going to be done if it's a home game. So it's a bigger event and you can, they organize with local muscular dystrophy foundation and maybe host the kids for practice or host them during the game, uh, do something like that. And, and of course the foundations are involved and help put that all that stuff together. When they go on the road, regardless, the coaches on that specific Saturday that they all wear the patches, wear the patches. So now those patches are shipped in nationally. So there's not like they're kept in the desk drawer at, at the, at the administration, right? They are shipped in. And so you just, um, check in to all our participating members across the country, um, college football, and those those get sent. And then the patches have to be put on the uniforms, in this case, before they even left the, and got on the flight. So that's a, that's a little bit of a, you know, uh, of, of some work to do there. But I'm appreciative that our program has been interested in, in doing this and, and supporting uh, the cause. And uh, we tried to do a few things before, you know, Doc, um, Coach Rowe passed away. We had some things set up and then that kind of all changed that year. And uh, so um, in the future, uh, and, and let me be specific, I, I'm not raising money for my son, but there's a lot of unfortunate children who don't have the resources that I right. have. 
And, you know, so that, that money, if someone wants to just give money to that, like they do for St. Jude's or something else, Children's Cancer House Research, um, then there's, there's a local muscular dystrophy foundation here in Lafayette. And I'll tell you what is another great cause is the Make-A-Wish trips. You know, my son was able to make one with his um, uh, with his brothers and sisters, um, his siblings, even though they were, you know, one was in college, one was out. Um, and it's a wonderful thing and worthy of it because these kids get to go. Um, and a lot of kids don't have the money to do it. So uh, those are two great organizations, Make-A-Wish Make and uh, Muscular Dystrophy Association. Good deal. I'm, I'm continue to pray for your son, man. Hope everything some, you know, someday there's a cure and hopefully he'll, 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 he'll benefit from that. So. Appreciate um, it. All, all prayers are worse or welcome. <laughs> yes. So reason you're on today, we're going to talk a little bit about conference realignment. I know uh, you seem to be still in touch. Uh, we talked a little bit off air about your, you know, uh, your guys that, that you, that you've talked to, and I won't get into specifics unless you want to on who they are or what they're doing, but I know we all have our, our contacts throughout the sports world and everything. What are you hearing? I mean, to me, it doesn't seem like it's a done deal that I, I think the, the people that are calling the death of the American, I, I don't think are, 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 are far out, far out there, but I don't think it's a death, the American, but at the same time, I don't think the American is the hot ticket anymore. What, what are your thoughts on? <clears throat> as you said, there's just, there's just so many moving parts at this point that um, it's going to, and this is not, you know, I, I, I keep reading message boards and fans think this is all immediate. I don't think this is going to be played out in one year, two years. Some of these contracts don't come up until 2025. Now it is true that ESPN in, in, in its position, uh, if it holds contracts and there is a clause and the same thing with the Sunbelt, if yeah. you lose, specific members or major members or major markets, they have the rights to renegotiate. And let's make sure we understand what, what we're talking about here, your, your media rights. So your primary and your secondary media rights, okay? So primary and secondary are usually bundled to network. So our, our, our you know, UL's primary and secondary media rights are bundled to ESPN. Our third tier media rights are still left with us so we could do, you know, and we have, if I'm not mistaken, we've done recently with CST, right? Yes. Um, coaches shows, right? So that's an example of a third tier media, right? We still have that control, but your primary and your secondary is in complete hands of ESPN or in other network, in other conferences like Conference USA, Fox Sports, CBS, et cetera. So that being said, um, um, I think the AAC is, is you know, there he, he's followed. When I say he, I'll say Michael Oresco has followed this model for years. Of course, he, he, he helped build the Big East. And remember, he added San Diego and those guys. And that lasted about 60, 90 days until they yeah. figured it out that the East-West Coast Conference just wasn't going to work. He's built the, 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 um, the AAC in, in the same manner. Now, and that worked out well. But the problem is that, you know, when another conference, Big 12's coming. And yeah, I realize the Big 12 money is not going to be uh, at what it used to be. But if they can keep markets, you know, instead of 20 million, maybe 10 million, 12 million, that's significant money for, for a Mountain West team or a uh, AAC team, move AAC team moving up when they're only getting six and a half, seven million dollars or 
three and a half, four million dollars. So that makes sense. But um, so the way I see, I understand it. But but like you said, some some pieces have not worked for them, and so he's going to have to go back and and continue to work. And I think what people need to remember is that that Oresco works at the leisure of his of his of his clients or his bosses and those are the presidents of the of the memberships or the members of that that um, conference so they're giving him perimeters saying hey this is what we want my understanding of those perimeters are one uh, market in two academics or you can flip them around um so if if that's saying the least then you can then you have an idea can look at which which models fit that and and in the Sun Belt, which models fit that in the Mountain West, which models fit that in Conference USA. Um, so um, it's going to narrow the list pretty quick. So in my opinion, those are the markets, those those are the criteria that he, you know, that he has to live with. Do you see, um, I, I know there's, you know, I guess the biggest one market-wise would be Georgia State in, in, this, in the Sun Belt Conference. Um, uh, no offense to Georgia State, but if they left, I don't think it's a huge loss to the Sunbelt Conference if we were able to pick up uh, another school that's in the right area. But do you see anybody outside of Georgia State market-wise that, that would be a good fit for the AAC? In, our, in, in, in the Sunbelt? Yeah. Well, you know, yes and no, and, and let, me, let me be specific on that. So it depends on what direction he goes, right? So let's just say in Conference USA, he, he, before he gets to the Sun Belt, he wants UNC Charlotte, big market, um, really good basketball program, football. Okay, it's got some work to do. Um, you also have UAB. No one's going to argue about UAB. They have a medical no. school. They have the academics. Listen, they made a commitment when they remember when that program was just about killed. Yep. And they and they put a lot of money in that program. And so the alumni has an expectation level. Um, so you can bet UAB is going to be on that uh, on that list. Then from there, you can go to the other. You know, you can go, to, like you said, Georgia State. Georgia State, obviously, it, it is in Atlanta market and not to be mean or, or, or anything or uppity, as, as you say. But here's a fact. You can look at the at the viewing numbers, right, of specific games. So while you're in a market, that's great. But when your games are on in that market, what kind of viewership do you bring to the table? Why? Because that's important to advertisers. If yeah. I'm an advertiser and you're bringing in less than 900,000 households, I mean, the, do the, the, the dollar is not there for me. So while you're in the market, great. But is your product being viewed within the market? And that, to me, that's big because that's about advertising dollars. So yeah, Georgia State fits the profile. They have an excellent basketball program. Um, probably the premier basketball program in the Sun Belt over the past yep. five to seven years. Um, football, uh, it's developing, but you know what? They've still got some work to do there. So, um, yeah, I, I could see that. But in the Sun Belt, now, here's the thing. My opinion is you have to replace, we know, already been announced, right? Cincinnati, um, UCF, and Houston. Yep. So there's three markets they have to replace. Cincinnati's a pretty big market. Um UFC, Central Florida, pretty big market. Houston, the biggest market. Um, so I'm thinking, hey, that's where they're going to go for markets. They have to. Now, do they go back into Texas? Um, SMU doesn't want anyone, you know, so you can basically say North Texas is not going to be an 
option because there's no way that SMU, which already shares a market with TCU and UNT, wants UNT in there. Yeah. Um, is Rice available? Sure. And Rice brings academics and brings brings other good sports. Football still, you know, still got a little work to do there over the years. But that goes back to your the whole market similar to Georgia State. Does anybody, you know, if 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 Rice wins a bowl game, does anybody in Houston even care? I guess is you know. And there and therein lies the dilemma. But it, as long as they're using that criteria, you know, now listen, if they're using the criteria as academics first, then right. University of Texas San Antonio is not going to be yeah. any much better than any of us, right? But they bring a huge market. They, if you look at the facility improvements, they've just opened up in the spring a huge indoor facility, athletic facility like ours, except it's larger than ours, square footage yeah. wise, or dang close to it. Um, and you look at what they're doing there, facilities-wise, investment-wise, and then 35,000 students, right at 35, 34, 35,000 students, they have the ability uh, to, to, be, to be a really good conference member regardless where they're at. And, uh, and we know what kind of football program they're, they're building over there, and they have an excellent basketball program. Yeah. So to me, they fit a lot of needs for multiple conferences. Um, so, but do they bring the academics? not 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 they're not rice no yeah they're definitely not rice they're definitely you know so um i see my thing is if they decide to go and listen he's 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 old for however many so far as far as that adding at least publicly what we know we don't know which ones have turned him down privately correct so you know hey if he goes to 16 then hey you know there's marshall there's cajuns there's app state but then at that point you're not really talking about big markets. You're talking about good pro football programs, basketball, maybe, you know, has some work to do in some of those, but still those are excellent football brands. So um, to me, it's going to be, where does this go? I think the conference that is more in, 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 in my opinion, in, is going to be more in danger long-term is conference USA because number one, um, their media money is not, is not, at the level of the Sunbelt Conference. Um, and, you know, I, I always, I get challenged by people when, you know, when I get in a conversation with some of their fan base and it's like, oh, well, I was the same. No, no, it's not. Actually, no. our, and you can verify this through our administration, but our our media comp is around 1.3 with the Sunbelt now. Yep. And it has grown exponentially. Theirs is, is maybe not even half, around half of that. So, you know, they've got a long ways to go. And so if I'm Southern Miss and UAB and those guys, and I see that, I'm like, okay, hey, long-term wise, this is not where we want to be. And, uh, you know, so, and, and let's not forget, if you're going to jump into a- a- the AAC, the average, um, the average uh, athletic budget over there is 40, between 45 and $50 million. So you got some work to do there, right? So- um, and I think that's kind of where we, we kind of look at it and say, hey, you have a $2.5 million entrance fee, and then we've got to raise our budget. That's a big, that's, you know, and then you're going to only, you know, then your, then your media uh, share is going to be probably less, more than likely less than what you, so then what does it make financial sense to do this? Uh, I would say not right now. Not if, not if we end up with something less and are equal to what he has before all these memberships move out. And, and I don't think he can guarantee that. And I, I don't think anyone would be buying it. 
No, I, I, I'm sure they're having those discussions, like you said, with ESPN and seeing where they would go because they're going to have to, if they're inviting someone, they're going to have to, to know where they're going to be somewhat depending on the market. Uh, from a personal standpoint, I would love to see uh, Southern Miss, uh, UAB, UTSA, and Marshall come into the Sun Belt. Uh, I think they all, they fit a nice profile there. And I would hope the, if the Sun Belt has an opportunity to lose teams, I hope they're bringing in four teams. And I, long term, I know uh, UTA and Little Rock have already been in discussions about leaving the conference. It's just a matter of what what fits right for them. So, uh, and, and I think that's going to have to be worked out first from a membership standpoint because they're not going to be thrown out. They have no. to have a place to go. But it's pretty much, I would say, that's pretty much a foregone conclusion because you understand that all the rest of the, the members in the Sun Belt are football members and we are sharing money equally with them, but they're not bringing football to the table. Yeah. So, you know, you want, so, so getting into that conversation, if you replace those two and remain, then the Sun Belt conference or UL doesn't lose any media share money. And I think that's why I believe right now the safe bet for Sun Belt conference and kind of the hints in here and, you know, is that it's going to be that right now. You go with two replacements um, and you just backfill what you lose, but you bring in two more football programs, playing football programs, and but the revenue remains in place. And at the same time, um, you can look at what's going on ahead of you and then maybe, you know, expand further. But the safest bet I'm hearing right now financially and what they're all, that's why you're hearing that they're, they're going to try to stick together and work this out is to just bring in two at this point because it, uh, as someone pointed out to me, <laughs> and hey, if I bring in, you know, does does bringing in Southern Miss and Marshall hurt me? No, because I'm bringing in football programs that have been traditionally good. Now, beyond those two programs, if I go to two more and bring in four total, um, does it move a needle enough to to get us new media rights or media deals at this point? Well, I don't think so because our contract's not up till 2025. So I don't see SBN saying, okay, hey, we're just going to break this contract with you guys. And what I've been told, it's just not going to move the needle enough to make that decision unless they've had some overtures from ESPN and or other networks that, hey, we were willing to look at this and, and renegotiate that. Well, I, th- I think in some ways, though, those with, with the conversation starts now, because most of them have a 27 month buyout. So 2024, 2025 is not that far away. You know, when, when you're looking at buyouts and, and them wanting to go And to me, again, it goes to um, the market that they're coming from, you know, Southern Miss may not bring in a, a big market right now, but I think it's a good opportunity for easy travel and for us, everybody. But at the same time, a place like UAB and UTSA, could bring in the television market, which would help long-term on the Sunbelt steel, I would hope. Your thoughts? Um, yes, long-term, but, you know, there's, and I've said this, but I'm not the one paying the bills, yeah. is my reply to any, any conversation is, hey, sometimes risk, the, you know, sometimes risk comes with, uh, or any type, of, any type of vision or expansion comes with some risk financially, right? Um, so it goes back, to what the presidents of your university and other presidents are going to discuss and, and agree to. And those are the parameters that Dr. Maggard has to work within. He's no different 
for the yeah. rest cup. So, you know, I know our fans would love, and, and listen, I have my list. You have your list of schools yeah. you'd like to see uh, a relationship with and, and travel to and, and enjoy that. But again, we, we, we only donate and participate. We're not writing the bills. And unfortunately, you know, Dr. Savoy, and I'll say unfortunately, but it's the standard bear in G5. Dr. Savoy says that he's all for, and he has approved a lot of things for this university. Yeah. But he's always said they have to pay for themselves. And he's made that clear. And I think we all know that. So if, if it means losing money, I don't think Dr. Savoy is going to sign off on anything. I, I agree with you totally there. And I, I'm, I'm, I won't say I know it for a fact, but er, er, all discussions I've had around the athletic department, if it, if it doesn't make financial sense, we're not going to do it just to, to say we're doing it, you know, because. You no, know, and, and you brought up Southern Miss, so I want to bring this up because I only have a few minutes left, but you brought up Southern Miss. Um, like you, I've heard behind the scenes um, that, that, you know, it's a pretty much foregone conclusion that they want to, they're coming here now. Has there been an official invitation? I don't know that. Has but I do know that there's been conversation and has been going going for a couple of years. And so I have two friends on staff over there, um, not in the SID department, but in the athletic department. And then I also have a friend who's uh, who who's, has a personal friend on the board, and that that person has been saying they are losing money. Um, you know, not specifically we'll talk yeah. about the dollars, but they are losing money on travel costs in Conference USA, going to El Paso, going to Florida Atlantic, going to Florida International. Uh, you know, that's non-football sports. You got to fly. You can't travel yeah. in a bus, you know. So they are losing money. And to a lesser extent, I think Marshall's in the same boat. But I, I'm willing, and I'm willing to go on the limb and say my personal information that I've received and everything I've heard is that that once the, the, an invitation is sent out, Southern Miss is pretty much a 99% yeah. jumping in. I just, and I don't think they have any other options right now. I agree with you there. Totally. Well, BJ, I know you've had a run. Thank you for your time. Uh, maybe we can do this again in a couple of weeks. I don't think it's going to be anything. I, I don't think there'll be a decision in the next couple of weeks. It may be months. It may be a year from now, but it's always fun to talk about it and speculate. You know, my gut is that, and you know, this happens every year that more, more and more stuff will trickle out during the spring meetings. And I think yep. that's when, you know, the media is going to start hearing what they what they want and what they want them to know. And I think as we get closer to the spring meetings next year, there's like you said, there's these buyouts take time and uh, there's going to have to be some decisions made prior to that. Maybe they're not ready to make those decisions publicly, but I think we're going to hear some more information. Well, BJ, thank you for your time. We've been listening to uh, we're talking today with BJ Thompson. Um, Always good to see you, friend. Hope everything's well and prayers for you and your family. Uh, and hopefully something comes about there. So we'll talk to you Thanks soon. Thanks a lot, Craig, and appreciate your time. All right.